Take my love, take my cash, take my love, accept my past. Whoa, whoa! All right, y'all. We here, we here, we here, we here, we out here. We live, we back, we back. Let's go, let's go, let's go. We here, we are live, we are back. It's the two for one show, man. It's your boy TPJ. The NBA season has come to a conclusion cheers to the nba season coming to a conclusion man for the past six nba seasons my life has been a living hell during the nba season because i gotta know what i'm talking about when i get on here to talk shit with y'all but i also love watching the games i'm a dad now I wasn't a dad when we first started the show i'm also Still working, still covering the game. So it's always an occasion when I get the opportunity to cover the NBA. So it's a blessing that we hear. We are headed into our sixth playoff um, as like, well, actually our fifth, our fourth, actually our fourth playoffs as Clippers reporters. Um, so it's going to be very, very interesting. The first year that I uh, covered them during the playoffs. They covered uh, basically, you know, like it was it was pretty amazing, like to cover that experience. I'm sorry, not they covered. Uh, I was going to say they played. Um, they played the Warriors and that was the Steph, Katie, Draymond, Clay Thompson Warriors. Um, so I got a chance to see that. Got a chance to see them lose in the conference finals versus the Bucks. I was one of the few like probably 100 reporters to a thousand, not 100, but like a thousand, a thousand reporters in the world to have covered an NBA game during the pandemic. I covered multiple games, including the game when Luka and them beat the Clippers by 55. So it's been a very, very cool experience. I got a, um, a good show for y'all today. Uh, we just going to actually talk about the NBA, the playing game, what we foresee happening, who we foresee playing who, um, how I feel. I'm going to talk my NBA awards at the end. Um, and we're going to have some fun, but to open this off, I'm sorry. We gotta, we, we gotta, we gotta go there. We gotta open this shit off with Le Rude Gobert and his, um, punching of his own teammate, Kyle Anderson. Let's see. Can I find a play? Okay, there we go. Let's go. Let's get right on into it, baby. Rudy Gobert punched the G. He stuck. Kyle Anderson ass. Any of you NBA. Now, matter of fact, fuck it. Uh, Rudy, Draymond want to call you soft. They want to call you soft. Any of you lame ass, weak ass NBA players out there think you can fuck with Rudy Gobert? Guess what? Think again. Think again if you ever want to call that man a bitch. He going to be at your front door with four Frenchmen ready to destroy you. Don't you ever in your motherfucking life think you can call Rudy Gobert a bitch, and he ain't gonna do nothing about it. He gonna stick you in your motherfucking chest. You better recognize who you dealing with. You not dealing with a regular, you not, when you deal with Rudy Gobert, you not dealing with a regular individual, he will stick your ass in your motherfucking chest. Who you think you talking to like that, boy? I'm from France. You think this is a game? You think it's a game? You think we sit around all day, eat motherfucking bread and shit, and crumpets and shit, French fries and shit? I'm Rudy motherfucking Gobert. You better keep your motherfucking Mouth to your motherfucking self, or guess what? Ugh, bitch, you're gonna get stuck. Don't you ever in your motherfucking life think you can play with a real French motherfucker like me, boy? I'm sorry, I had to translate for Rudy Gobert because they trying my man's way too much. 
They trying my man's way too much. Don't you ever in your motherfucking life with your big bald head ass think you could call me a bitch. And I ain't going to do nothing about it. Get the fuck out of here. Now I get it. Sometimes your homie be like, man, your ass act like a bitch. Like, man, chill. Like, cool. But we on the sidelines. You you grab a fucking rebound. You a bitch. Oh, I'm a what? I, 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 I. All right, let's see. Uh, now, you remember that. You want to call me a bitch, I'm going to serve you some motherfucking french fries with a side of this Eiffel fist, you motherfucker. You think Minnesota cold. Wait till you see France. Don't ever in your life think you can dis... <laughs> she really punched that man hard as hell, boy. Now, look, the funniest part about this shit is, bro, is shout out to the uh to the woman trainer she sees escalate she's like rudy she's like rudy please calm down rudy calm down rudy we don't we do calm down rudy please calm down he's like no i don't know what you want to say you got a problem you got a problem with me huh we we huh you got the problem with me yeah you got the problem with me you grab a rebound no you grab a rebound you little beanhead ass bitch fuck you saying bitch Boy, stop playing with me. Ugh, stop playing. Don't you ever look at Ant face, bro. Ant like, oh my God. He's like, hey, hey, yo. Look at Cat. Don't even know what's going on. Uh, you know what I mean? It's like, you gotta play when you got hurt, baby. Funniest moment of the season. G. Tori and Prince, by the way. Funniest part about this whole shit is Tori and Prince pushed Rudy Gobert, right? But Anthony Edwards on this clip, G, he just sat there. So let's. Uh, Let's listen to what Draymond Green had to say about the whole incident, because obviously Rudy Gobert basically called Draymond classes. So let's see what he says. Let's see. Oh, my bad. Frankly, Hold on. The audio was off. Hold on. Are, Hold on. Insecurity is always Draymond live. Talking. Draymond let's Green. get into that. As far as the tap on the chest goes, quite frankly, there are just some words as as men you just don't say. To don't call me so no when bitch. I saw the choice words that is a um, bitch. The bitch word, uh, getting Kyle your ass stuck up, using towards Rudy Gobert. You do have to be ready with what comes with that. Like you're just not allowed to just disrespect guys. Now, this is the question that I have about this whole Draymond clip, right? He was describing this shit a little too passive, like you didn't pow right in the kisser your motherfucking teammate at a practice that we saw this G. So what I want to know is from Draymond, what did Jordan Poole say to you? I have no other questions other than what did this man Jordan Poole say to you? Because from what it seems like I'm looking at right now, this man is like, hey, you ready to call somebody a bitch? You better be ready for what's happening. I bet Jordan Poole probably saw this clip and had flashbacks. Oh, shit. As I say what you want to say, Kyle Anderson uttered some words to Rudy Gobert that a lot of people thinks. By the way, words to Rudy Gobert that a lot of people thinks. Come on, G. Why you good, G? Saying, like, okay, saying, yo, he just was saying what everybody else think. G, you basically calling Rudy a bitch yourself. You basically calling Rudy a bitch yourself, G. Let's go. He said it. Said what a lot of people thinks. I personally think Rudy Gobert is a little on the softer side. 
I can myself. agree. Um, he gained a little respect from me. Yeah, because you know what? He would have stuck your ass and kept sticking if you was out there calling him a bitch. Actually, you know what? I take that back. All these NBA players be letting Draymond hold him. He must have really like got into some scraps. Low key. Because he stood up for himself. I've never really seen the guy stand up for himself. Didn't really know if the guy was capable of standing up for himself. He stood up for himself a bit. Unfortunately, come on, doesn't dude. really work. Come Take on, it from dude. me. I know how that goes. You got damn right you know how it goes because you stuck your teammate in practice, slept that man. At least Rudy hit Kyle in the Is chest. Is it the wrong decision? Um, Morally? You already know he on that bullshit. Was it wrong for him to punch him in the motherfucking face? Uh, morally, uh, and uh, look, this is this is when you when you start thinking about when you snuff Jordan Poole, jeez, like, uh, uh, hold on, let me see if I can find that music again. What that music got, yeah, G? I'm telling you, G. This is man Draymond thinking about uh punching pool. All right. Anyways, that's for you to decide. It depends on what your morals are. <laughs> but in a team setting, you're playing with a team. It's the wrong decision. Thank you, old wise fucking Draymond. Thank you. And by the way, where the fuck is Jaden McDaniels at? Jaden McDaniels, you get the you do good dope award of the show, G. You get the you do good fucking dope award of the show, G. This man punched his hand. Look at look. Pow. End of the play, end of the, play, end of the regular season game. Broke his goddamn hand, G. How fucking ridiculous. G, the last day of this, even fucking Bones Highland. Um, Bones Highland. Let me see. Bones Highland. Bones. Let me see. Let me see if I can find it. Even Bones Highland, G. G, like, I was like, yo. Yo. Like, G, the last day of the season was crazy, bro. G, they, G, they was, look. G, what G get the? I feel bones. Get the fuck out my face, nigga. Excuse my language. Get the fuck out my fucking face. Actually, low key bones kind of walked up into his face, but still, what fuck you saying? Mason Plum, Mason Plum, like ah, beat your motherfucking ass, boy. Shout out to bones though. You gotta move. Gotta gotta move fast, G. Look, 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 look. This shit's so funny because literally, nice push. Terrence man, just sit down like. I need to get a blower real quick. What paddock? <laughs> That's hilarious. But anyways, this is two for one, man. It's your boy TPJ. I'm back. If you're watching, no matter where you're watching around the world, before you drop a like, I need you to do me a favor and drop your city in the comments. Let me know where you're from, what country you represent, what city you represent, what state you represent. Let me know who your favorite NBA team is in the chat right now. Let me know who you think is gonna go to the finals. I need to know all of that. So drop in the chat your location, your favorite team, and who you think is going to the finals, and make sure you drop a like on this video. I appreciate you all, as always, for watching, man. The uh, two-for-one show is a one-man show, so it's just going to be me ranting, talking my shit as usual. Shout-out to everybody that's watching us right now on hnbmedia.com. Shout-out to everyone that is watching us right now on youtube.com slash hoopsandbrews. And also, I would like to give a big... Oh, shout out to everyone who continues to listen to us through the podcast platforms, whether you're on Spotify, Apple, anywhere else. 
I love you guys. You guys are amazing. You guys are my favorites. You guys are the best. You guys are the reason why I came back to do this shit. That and look at all these NBA credentials I got from all the games I covered you. From a podcast, bro. From a podcast to all these credentials. It's crazy, bro. But anyway, shout out to y'all. Shout out to my man, Christopher Kidd. I see you out there. Shout out to my man, uh, Kim Buford. Luis, you did not follow instructions. I said, where are you from, G? Where are you from? All right, okay, there we go. Shout out to my guy, Luis, man. Shout out to Mexico. Shout out to everybody in Mexico, man. I appreciate y'all. I love Mexico. Mexico was one of my favorite places to go in the world. Um, I cannot wait until I go back to Cabo. I always have a great time. Last time I was in Cabo, there was a hotel room balcony that was flooded, but I am not going to say who did it. I'm not going to point any fingers at anybody who might have did that. Uh, but yeah, so I love Mexico. Shout out to Mexico. Shout out to my guy in France, man. Shout out to my guy said, let's go Clippers. Uh, he wants Russ to win a ring. Actually, let's actually take a step back and talk about Russell Westbrook this season. You know what? That's what the fuck I want to do. Let's talk about Russ. Let's talk about Russ. That is actually what I really, really, really want to do. Let me find, let me find this. Let me find Russ's, Russ's stuff, man. Let me find his stuff. I, I really want to talk about Russell. Oh, hey, shout out to my guy in the Dominican Republic. Let's get it. What's good, man? Shout out to all of y'all, man. I love all of y'all. If you commented, please make sure you drop a like. You dropping a like helps this video surface better in the algorithm so more fans can tap in like you are and have fun and enjoy themselves. So let's, let's actually get into Russell Westbrook because... All season long, he has been enemy number one. Has he not? This guy has been enemy number one in the NBA. Let's have a real talk. And, I'm, I'm, and I know you're listening, so obviously everything I'm saying is going to be construed as a rant, but whatever. But let me rant about Russell Westbrook. Take a sip. Let's go. Do we owe Russell Westbrook an apology? Has the discourse in the NBA sphere from people like myself, um, people like Pavy and Joel on Hoops and Brews, people like Scott on I'm Not Gonna Hold You, people like Shannon Sharp, people like Skip Bayless, People like Stephen A. Smith, people like Colin Cowherd, um, people like who else? I mean, everyone in the everyone in the world has been critical of this man. Let's just be honest. If we having a real candid conversation about Russell Westbrook, Russ is a guy that has been through the ringer. Been through the ringer, man. Been through the absolute ringer. He's been embarrassed. He's been humiliated. He's been called out of his name. His teammates and the people behind the scenes have sullied his name. He's been misused because when you actually, and it's so crazy, I feel like I'm getting deja vu right now. I, I swear to God, I feel like I'm getting deja vu right now. And I've never had this conversation before. 
but maybe I have in another alternate reality. But if you look at a player like Russell Westbrook, right, and you look at a guy like Steph Curry, let's just be honest. Let's just be 100. Let's be 100% honest. If we talk about who were the two best point guards drafted post when 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 we start playing 09 post 2008 2009 Russell Westbrook and Steph Curry are one and two and there is no comparison to anyone else there is no one else that is close there is no one else that is in the range there is no one else that is as good as him there is no one else that has won an MVP that is a point guard that is playing basketball in the National Basketball Association today. Period. Period. Fucking period. Including Chris Paul, who got a better resume than Russell Westbrook. Period. I don't care what anyone says. Two-time scoring champ. Nine-time all-star. Three-time assist champ. MVP. plays night in and night out never a guy that you have looked at that wants to rest or load manage always has been a guy that might have shot too much but he still was giving you 10 assists a game I did not have the opportunity to watch Russell Westbrook night in and night out. Watch his preparation. Watch how he goes about playing a game of basketball and conducting himself as a professional until he got traded to the Los Angeles Clippers this year. And I have seen nothing but professionalism. He's the first one there. Kawhi Leonard used to be the first one out every game to go and warm up and shoot before the game, a couple hours before the game. That guy is Russ now. The hate, the vitriol, the disrespect that this guy that is a top 10 point guard of all time, to me a top 5 point guard of all time, it's uncalled for. Look at his age. Look at his age. There are a lot of NBA greats who have not played past the age of 34 years old. And I don't have a single stat on the board right now because I don't want to talk about stats right now. I want to talk about who the fuck Russell Westbrook is and has been and how we've all, including myself, done him a supreme disservice by the way and the conversation that is surrounding him over the past four to five years. Whether you like it or not, whether you like it or not, whether you like it or not, whether I like it or not, whether you like it or not, that man has been to an NBA Finals early on in his career and had the fucking referee not fucked up the fouls when Kevin Durant should have got mother. I believe it was KD that, that got fouled and they didn't fucking call it. The Oklahoma City Thunder would have won a championship instead of LeBron James and the Miami Heat. So at a certain point, I had to ask myself, what side of this shit am I on? Am I anti-Russ? If I'm anti-Russ, why am I anti-Russ? Why? Because he can't shoot now? He can never fucking shoot. 
Now, I will say this. I was at the Clippers game, Clippers-Lakers, and I was sitting next to Pavy, Pavy of Hoops and Brews, which airs every uh, couple weeks on hnbmedia.com. And I was like, yo, Russ, I was watching Russ OKC versus San Antonio um, um, conference finals um, highlights. And his jumper, the arc on it was just so, it was beautiful. Beautiful arc on the ball. If you look at his shots now, a lot of them are more line drives. I'm like, yo, Russ, Russ is better than Isaiah Thomas. Russ is better than John Stockton. Get the fuck out of here. Russ is better than Jason Kidd. None of those fucking guys want an MVP. And this is no disrespect to you, Fred, but none of those fucking guys want an MVP. None of those guys want an MVP. None of those guys average a triple-double. If Jason Kidd is the, is the prototype, Russ is the 5.0. No, it's not close. It's not close. What happened when they lost 3-1? to one? Kevin fucking Durant was the best player on the team. It's like us blaming Russ for the reason why the Lakers don't work. The reason why the Lakers didn't work was because you got a player that didn't work in the system and that would never work in the system with LeBron James. As I talked about on the last two-for-one episode, when I covered Lakers Clippers last Wednesday, when I was in the building, when I was covering it, you can go and you can get on this motherfucking channel, hnbmedia.com. You can see me there on the fucking sidelines before the game, watch him shoot around. And D'Angelo Russell practiced the majority of his shots from the left or the right hash to the corner. And he took corner three after corner three after corner three after corner three. Russell Westbrook is a career 30 fucking percent three-point shooter. Why would you think if you stuck a 33, a 30% three-point shooter in a fucking corner that he gonna fucking make the majority of his shots when he been shooting fucking 30% from his whole fucking career? At a certain point in time, let's actually use our fucking brains here, G. I don't want to hear that shit. I don't want to hear about that, I, that back-to-back ring shit. Get the fuck out of here. You put Russ on that fucking Pistons team. You put MVP Russell Westbrook on the, on the Pistons team. It's no fucking competition. And he going to be out there getting 10 rebounds versus the motherfuckers in the 90s. Stop. At a certain point, we got to stop being disrespectful to Russ. Now, let's go ahead and actually bring up the numbers now. Hold on. Wait a minute. Sorry. But come on, man. This man, we got to stop. We got to put some respect. Two-time All-Star MVP. Two-time scoring champ. Top 75 player of all time. You look at his career numbers. His numbers are down. But he was doing all of this when he was the number one or number two option. This he can never shoot. Let's look at the numbers. Dead ass. What's his field goal percentage? Three-point percentage. Let's read them off. 20, 27%, 22%, 33%, 31.6% from the three-point line, 32.3% from the three-point line, 31.8% from the three-point line, 29.9% from the three-point line, 29.6% from the three-point line, 34.3% from the free. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm sorry, from the three-point line. Career highs was 34.3. That was his career high. That was eight years ago. 29.8% the next year in 2017, 2018. 29% for 2018, 2019. 25% for 2019, 2020. 31%, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, 31.5% in 2020 to 2021 when he's playing in Washington. He shot 29.8% as a Laker, 30, I'm sorry, and, and 29.6% as a Laker. And as a Clipper, he shoot 35% from
um, in in 21 games, and he's taking 3.5 threes a game. Tell me a guy that is a career 30.5% three-point shooter is supposed to go to a team with LeBron James and Anthony Davis, whose sole purpose is to play in the middle of the lane, get fucking rebounds, and stick around the hole. When Russ' entire career, including when he was playing with Kevin, I do not like to grab more than 10 rebounds a game, Durant, could still out-rebound Kevin. And you want to know why? Because he rushes and goes to the glass to start the break. How the fuck am I going to do that if LeBron James and Anthony Davis standing there? And then they just throwing me the ball while I'm standing in the corner and I've never been a good three-point uh, uh, you know, shooter. We, at a certain point, let's just be honest, G, we have done Russ a far and a vast disservice. We have. We really have. And y'all can tell me I'm delusional all you want to. And you can say, oh, he falling off, he falling off. I don't give a fuck if he falling off. So is Chris Paul. Chris Paul ain't nowhere near the same caliber player he was before. He wasn't. Let's just keep it a, a buck. He's not anymore. He ain't been that honestly for four years. And I've been saying that y'all been calling me a fucking hater. But I've been telling y'all for four years that Chris Paul has been washed. Even if you look at the numbers, Russ really been washed for two years. But we also talking about a guy that averaged a triple-double for three years in a row. And technically averaged a triple-double four seasons. So, yes, everything looks pedestrian. But you telling me the Chicago Bulls couldn't use 15.9 points per game, 7.5 assists, and 5.8 rebounds a game? While Lonzo sit on a, on a bench with his knee inflamed and hurt? Prayers and shout out to Lonzo at a certain fucking point. We as the media, we as the fans, we as the motherfuckers on Twitter got to stop. Because even before Russ took off and became a 30 point per game score, he was still making all star teams. Averaging just a little bit more, like five more points a game than he is now but he was taking four more shots a game. So if you give Russ four more shots a game, that's your 20 points a game. Still averaging more assists, more rebounds, three-point percentage, 33%. Trash, well, uh, decent, 33% decent. 31%, eh, 32%, eh, still all-stars. All-star when he was shooting 29% from three. All-star when he was shooting 29.6% from three. All-star when he shot 34.3%, which is career high. All-star when he shot 29.8% from three. All-star when he shot 29% from three. All-star when he shot 25.8% from three. He shot 31.1% from three this year and 29.8% from three last year. What the fuck made the Los Angeles Lakers think that they were going to be able to stick him into a corner and it was just going to be fucking gravy and butter biscuits? What the fuck is wrong with you? So we fucked up and we disrespected Russ. So I hope that Russ does every single motherfucking thing he can in his power to continue to play the way he's been playing since he's been a Los Angeles Clipper, which is in large part highly mistake-free basketball. And when he's hot, 
He's arguably the best player on the floor when he's hot. And yeah, I know he's on the floor with Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, but he's arguably the best player on the floor when he is hot. Because when he's hot, he can get you 10 points, four rebounds, and four assists in 10 minutes. And you like, what the, you look, literally, you be at, at fucking crypto.com arena looking up at the board like, damn, Russ got 10, four, and four already? How? But he hustled to the ball, he rebounds. He gets the big men open shots. He plays great in the pick and roll. He starts transitioning fast. If, I'm sorry, in fast breaks. He plays and he can run and has the ability to get through the middle of the floor. My biggest criticism of Russell Westbrook this season has been his inefficiency from the two-point line. Fuck everything else. Russ is shooting 54% from the two-point line as a clipper, but he's shooting, he was shooting 46.7% as a Laker. I've never been impressed with his ability to shoot the ball from the two-point line. But when you're a volume scorer like him, you kind of have to. When you're a top 75 player of all time and a former MVP, sometimes you just shoot the fucking ball. But let's not act like a bunch of guys haven't made their careers off of the back of Russell Westbrook. And let's not act like just because he played bad in Los Angeles, that his career is over. That's a disservice to Russell Westbrook. So I'm going to be the first one to say, Russ, I'm sorry. Because as badly as they talk about you, I never hear them mention this guy's name. And guess what? He didn't fucking win MVP. Good. Because he was never an MVP. Never MVP. And yes, you're right. I can't hold him to the same standards according to me. But people love to say that Chris Paul is a top five point guard of all time. And I don't believe that. That is a fact. You have to show me something different. I don't believe it. It is not true. Chris Paul is not a top five point guard of all time. Russell Westbrook ranks higher on my list than Chris Paul does. I do not believe it. I don't believe it. How efficient was he scoring 30 points a game? Let's see. Let's see. Let's pull it up. Let's pull it up. He won't. Let's pull it up. Hold on. Let's go back. Uh, Russ, 31.1. Right there. Damn. What? Hold on a minute. Let me hold on one second. Fucking year Russ win MVP. That couldn't have been 2016, 2017. God damn time. Bro, I am getting old, bro. I am getting old. That was six years ago, G. What the fuck, bro? Russ won MVP, MVP six years ago. That is crazy, bro. Let me see. Where are these stats at? Um, hold on. See, I'm I'm trying. See, this is I just want the NBA to get me something that's nice to work with. Uh Russ, look at this. Come on, man. Stop playing with him. Stop playing with him. Stop playing. Usage rate is insane through the roof. PER 30.6. Very efficient. NBA PER leaders this season. I'm going to look it up right now. Nikola Jokic is currently leading the NBA in, hold on a minute, NBA PER leaders this season is, I mean, what the fuck is the PER shit? G. I just, NBA, do me a favor, G. I just need to see all everybody's PER. NBA PER. Currently, Jokic PER this season is a 31.78. Embiid, 31.69. Giannis, 29.29. 
and Giannis is having an MVP caliber season, you're not going to tell me that 30.6 is a bad PER, my brother. Very efficient. Very fucking efficient. So I don't want to hear that shit. I don't want to hear that from y'all. I don't want to hear that from y'all. I don't need Russ to make his open shots. I just need him to take them. And if he going to shoot 35% from three, he going to be making 35% from three. So, anyways, enough harping on Russell Westbrook. Let's go ahead. Let's get to it. Let's talk about it. Let's get to this. Playing your dick. All right. So, should we go east or west? If you're watching right now and you just joined us, comment. I want you to comment below right now. I need to know what city you are from, what team you're repping, and who you think is going to make the NBA Finals. I need you to comment that. Comment that below right now. Comment it below. Let's go. Comment it below. If you're watching this right now, drop a like. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Spotify, um, Stitcher, anywhere you get your podcast, please make sure that you drop a like on this podcast or share it on your favorite social media platform. It is always appreciated by us at H&B Media. Ah, sorry. There we go. Get a little, get a little more light in here. It was a little too moody. So let's go ahead. Let's get into it. NBA play-in. I'm going to talk about this series first. I'll be right back. Yes, sir. You already know. Bulls versus Raptors. Playing game. Chicago is in the motherfucking building. I don't want to hear nothing from nobody. We finna come through. The Bulls finna have a great game. Zach Levine is still me, but DeMar DeRozan is going to come through. Give me the performance of a lifetime. I'm expecting 43, 5, and 3 from DeMar DeRozan in Canada to bring the NBA play in to Chicago. Actually, they're not even going to come to Chicago. They're going to wind up going to Miami. Fine, whatever. I don't care. But I think that if the Bulls, because I think that the, we're going to talk about the other series in a second, but the Bulls, I got the Bulls, baby. We in a building. We're going to win. We're going to beat the Raptors. If we don't beat the Raptors, I'm not doing nothing because the Chicago Bulls be disappointing me mad times. So I'm not even going to sit up here and act like they do not. But we're going to beat the Raptors. The Chicago Bulls will win. I think Nikola Vucevic actually has a very, very big game for the Chicago Bulls. And I am going to make my X factor of the game Patrick Williams. Um, even when I saw the Bulls play the Clippers, Patrick Williams' body frame, and I've been around him uh, numerous times in person, it reminds me of a Kawhi Leonard-esque type of body frame. Large shoulders, long arms, very long, like slim but muscular frame to me. I think Patrick Williams has to take it upon himself to. I don't know. I, I I sometimes question if he believes that he can be as great as I think he can be. And I think he could be as good as a, I think he could be a power forward version of Scotty Barnes. Um, and I think Scotty Barnes is that good. I think Scotty Barnes will be an all-star in the next two years once they get all of them people that are holding the ball out of Toronto. Um, but when I look at a guy like a Patrick Williams, he has all of the tools and the physical tools in his toolkit. But will you go out there and play like you want it? 
So Patrick Williams, my challenge to you is in this Raptors um, game, in the playing game, I just want some spirit, some spirit, some heart. I want you to look, I want to, I want it to feel and look when I'm watching you on my television screen, like you want to die for this game. And I think if Patrick Williams can capture that spirit uh, and, 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 and excite me enough with like, yo, this man giving his everything to this. I'm, you know, I think the Bulls ceiling is getting swept by the Bucks, but I do think that they can make these next two playing games exciting and sneak their way into the AFC. I think they have no chance in hell if they make it to the first or if they play the Bucks or the Celtics. Um, they're not going to win a game, I don't think, versus either the Bucks or the Celtics. But I think they can at least make the play-in tournament fun. So, you know, Chicago Bulls, I'm taking them to beat the Raptors 123 to 115. And I think unexpectedly Fred Van Vliet has a big game but it proves to not be enough for them in crunch time. Um, and I think that they, you know, win that game. And I think they go on to play. The next matchup we have right here is the Miami Heat versus the uh, versus the Atlanta Hawks. Um, I don't really know how to feel about um, this. Like the Hawks, they fired, uh, you know, Nate McMillan and brought in Quinn Snyder. The They've played marginally better to me. Um, like I, I just think Nate lost the locker room because I think Trey Young is a little temperamental. Uh, and when you're a temperamental, egotistical superstar, sometimes fuck the coach, get get him the fuck out of here. I don't want to see his face no more. And sometimes, guess what they do? They get him the fuck up out of here. Uh, so my question is to everyone else. You know, I've been saying this about um. And I've been saying this about Luka Doncic, uh, you know, like I've been disappointed in Luka Doncic, but honestly, I've been disappointed in Trey Young. I've been really disappointed in Trey Young. Like to me, this Hawks team should have at the minimum been a team that is at least, hold on, I'm sorry, that is at least when you look at it, the Hawks should at least be in the fifth seat. Like I don't, like they have the tools, they have DeJounte, they have Trey. It should have been the fifth seed if we just keep it at a buck instead of literally finishing the season at 500. Um, so I am disappointed in Trey. I want, I you know, people love to shit on Luka, but theoretically the Hawks could lose two games and miss the playoffs also. Uh, that's how slippery of a slope it is because even if you think about it, like right around All-Star break, the, the Dallas Mavericks were the third seed in the West. So... I mean, you kind of see what happens and, you, and you, you see what the fuck be going on. So you got to keep your head up and stay woke. So I hope that Trey Young is able to keep his head up and and not get too arrogant in Miami um, and do what he needs to do, which is handle business. And I think that they should win the game versus Miami. I'm taking the Hawks to win 108 to 103. And I think Trey Young will have one of the best games of his career. And I think he needs to. I think he has to continue to solidify that he belongs. Um, because, you know, this season I felt like he didn't solidify that he belongs. I, to me, he solidified that he is a guy that can continue to put up numbers. But if you can put up numbers and not affect winning, they're going to give those all-star nods and that stuff more times than not. Did Trey even make the All-Star team? Let me see. I don't know. I don't think he made the All-Star team. Did he make the All-Star team this year? I don't know. Yeah, he didn't make the All-Star team this year. But that's indicative of him. 
You have to go out and be better. Your team can't struggle. You have to be better. Like, if you look at this, this is Trey Young's. Yeah, I mean, like, I'm going to be honest with you. Even when he averaged 25 and, uh, and even when he averaged – yeah, yeah, even yeah, even when he averaged 25 in 2021, he still shot the ball better from the field. He played less minutes. He same free throw percentage, less assists, but he grabbed more rebounds than he did that year. I'm just saying like I think this is the arguably the the it's arguably the fourth worst year of Trey Young's career. So to me, you got to man up. And if you want that shit, go get it. Like, go get it. Like, even no get me wrong, they're not gonna beat the Celtics. They're gonna get probably they're gonna lose to the Celtics probably in five games in the series if they get to this to this seventh seed that the Miami Heat have. But let's just be honest about it, man. Tomorrow's gonna be a bloodbath. And we'll see. All I can say is we'll see. So let's go ahead, let's get back to it. Let's actually talk Western Conference play in. Uh, we're going to talk OKC Thunder versus the New Orleans Pelicans. Now, this series is a series that is very, very interesting to me. Um, and when I say series, I'm sorry. Forgive me. It's like my normal playoff mentality routine. This play-in matchup is interesting to me. And the reason why the Pelicans versus the Thunder matchup is interesting to me is because I believe that either one of these teams has the ability to beat the Lakers and or the Timberwolves in a second play-in game. Um, Rudy Gobert will not be playing for the Timberwolves versus the Lakers on Tuesday. Um, he is out. Uh, he is listed officially as out. The team made him – they left him behind and basically, I guess, suspended him for the game for sticking Kyle Anderson fool ass in the chest for calling him a, a bitch. Uh, so – I think that, you know, the Lakers haven't really scouted this Minnesota Timberwolves team without Rudy Gobert or without Jaden McDaniels. So the Timberwolves could very well come out, get hot, make a bunch of shots, and then the Lakers get down and they're not able to quite climb back into the game. But I do think that this matchup for the Pelicans and the Thunder is a key matchup because... If you're the Thunder, I don't really think you care too much about where you end up in the draft. You've had time and 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 time to get picks on picks on picks on picks on picks on picks on picks. So the Thunder have so many picks. They got they got my future son pick. That's how many picks they got. So from my perspective personally, why not? Like, I know that's Russ saying, but why not? Why not beat the Pelicans in New Orleans? And then if we play the Lakers or the Timberwolves, go there and beat them. And why not play the, you know, the Nuggets? We might not beat the Nuggets, but if we could win a game versus the number one seed in the West, coming back next year, potentially having... Chet Holmgren plus whoever the uh, the nice pick that they will get based upon whatever pick they have from their slew of picks, you have a team that is going to be a playoff team. Like I think that Chet Holmgren, if Chet Holmgren can be two thirds of what Paolo Ranchero was for, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Paolo Banchero 
has been for the Magic. And Paolo Banchero, I think, has had a better rookie season than LeBron, but we're not going to talk about that. We'll talk about that on another day. But if Chet Holmgren can come in next year, he's had a chance to watch the game. Everybody said he's gained muscle. I haven't seen it. He just looks the same, but with a beard. But whatever, that's y'all opinion. I'm not going to argue with that. But if Chet can come in next year and give them like, I don't know, 15 points a game, eight rebounds, three assists, and like two blocks a game or a block and a half a game, that lineup is going to be crazy, especially with Jalen Williams playing the way that he's playing. Um, and you still got Josh Giddy being the all-around player that you have. Like your lineup with Chet Holmgren, Josh Giddy, Shea Gilders, Alexander, and Jalen Williams can be crazy. And honestly, if I'm them, I might fucking start making some calls around the league and seeing who whose star can we take for a bunch of your picks and put them in the middle of it. I don't need a number one, but the Thunder could definitely use an a a a um uh not as terrible, but a, a Tobias Harris s type of role player to fit in there um you know in that four slot but you know i think this will be a good game i think that i'm picking the thunder to win this game i think shea gilders alexander goes for 47 points in this game six assists three rebounds and i think that the oklahoma city uh thunder beat the new orleans pelicans send them back to the drawing board um and they win the game 131 to 124 so let's move on and let's talk the final matchup of the show before we get to the NBA awards and who I have the Timberwolves at the Los Angeles Lakers. We have a bloodbath of bloodbaths of bloodbaths coming and on our hands. The Los Angeles Lakers look to solidify the seventh seed and go up and play the um, Memphis Grizzlies. I think that Personally, I would love to see the Lakers lose so I could see the Lakers beat the Thunder or whatever, potentially, and play the, the Nuggets the first round. But I just want to say this. If the Lakers play the Grizzlies in the first round, they're going to win. If the Lakers play the Nuggets in the first round, they're going to win. Period. I got the Lakers in six or seven games. Period. End of story. I think they'll beat Jokic. I think LeBron and AD will make light work of Jokic and Aaron Gordon. And I think that D'Lo and Jamal Murray are about what and what is the same player. Um, so I think they have a chance versus the Nuggets if they fall to the AFC. If they if they win this game, the playing game, versus the uh, Minnesota Timberwolves and they play the Memphis Grizzlies, I got them actually beating the Grizzlies in six. Versus the Nuggets, I think the Lakers might win in seven. Grizzlies, I got them beating the Grizzlies in six. I think that um, Steven Adams... PCL injury, if I'm if I'm correct. Steven Adams, I believe he has a PCL injury. Steven Adams has a PCL injury. So he's been out, I believe, about four months at this point in time. Um, he is the only reason why I would have picked the Memphis Grizzlies over the LA Lakers. Because what Steven Adams does and what he brings and what he provides is rebounding. He provides grit and toughness. And he also provides great, hard brick wall screens. I don't know if Jaron Jackson is cut like that. I don't know if John Moran is cut like that. I think Desmond Bain is a nice player. He he's he's a great tertiary option, three four option. Um, but 
I just don't have faith in them. So I think that the Lakers are going to win this game, um, even though I don't want them to win this game. But I think the Lakers will win this game 113 to 101, actually. I think this will be a fairly uncompetitive game unless the uh, the Timberwolves come out and start making a bunch of threes early. If you want to beat the Lakers, you have to make threes early and you have to rebound and keep pace with them. But I will say this. If Anthony Edwards steps up and plays the way that I think he can, he will give us a generational performance. I'm sorry, performance. He will give us a generational performance. G- genuinely. I think Anthony Edwards could drop 50 in, in Staples. I ain't calling it crypto. But I got Coach Chris on the line. Got a, our first call in. Guess what's good, bro? How you doing today? Yo, what's cracking, man? What's Love up? Pod. Thank you. Welcome to the Two for One Show. How you feeling today? Good, man. It's good to see you back out of retirement, man. I was scared. It's fine. I just retired from Hoops and Brews. I, I, you know, I had to come back and do some and do some other stuff on my own. Pavy and Joel got it. If you're listening or you're watching, make sure you tune in to Hoops and Brews. Um, airs monthly on hbmedia.com. Make sure you go check that out. But how you feeling today, man? What you want to talk about today? I want to talk about. Uh, I was probably too late, but no, it's uh, fine. It's fine. The, I pretty much wrapped uh, the, up my play in preview, so we can talk about whatever you want to. Yeah, I, I guess it's just the uh, this is the final like aftertaste of the uh, Rudy Gobert experiment and just how they kind of got finessed. Minnesota got finessed with, um, you know, giving up a bunch of picks and some personnel. And, and now they're not even going to play with him in a must win game. You know, it just says a lot. Let me see. Hold on one second. I want to see how many games they won last year. Give me one second. Let me see. Cause did they win more games last year? I saw a stat. They went. They're winning more games without Gobert right now. Minnesota. Yeah, they technically won four more games last year, but also Cat was hurt last year. Yeah, Cat was hurt, but it's like. But Rudy Gobert has the top win shares on the Timberwolves this year. I'm looking at it right now. I just don't see the spacing working out. It was like it was a lot of just um yeah. I, I think I think the only issue I, I don't agree with is Gobert's kind of like that he's like that last traditional center that's doesn't really have a strong offensive game, defensive minded, can only like operate in the post. Like he's like the last of a dying breed mm-hmm. in the league. So I mean I'm going to be honest. I respectfully disagree. But the reason... No, 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 no. But the reason why I respectfully disagree is because Cat got hurt. Cat got hurt and also the um, the you, there was a clear disconnect on the floor when D'Angelo Russell was on the floor um, with Anthony Edwards. Anthony Edwards, to me, is is like a baby Michael Jordan. You have to feed Michael Jordan. You can't let Steve Kerr dribble the ball up every time down the floor and just get a ball to Mike. Sometimes you just got to get a ball to Mike and get the fuck out the way. And yeah. I think too many times D'Lo was like, no, nah, I'm D'Lo. I can score. Let me get my shot off. And Anthony was like, yo, throw me the fucking ball. So I think now with Mike Conley, I think he's going to be in Minnesota, probably to stay. They might, even if his deal is up, they'll renew him because he's the perfect point guard for this team. He want to run a pick and roll. He'll shoot open three and he'll do his best to try to get Ant the ball. So the only thing that I will say in regards to Rudy is like, I'm not going to solely say that I think this is not going to work because I think that they've only had what can be the truest form of their team for about 10 days, actually. 
but if you want to include after the trade deadline for like two and a half months. So to me, I think we still have to give this at least one more season to see how we feel. But also at the same time, I honestly would trade Cat. Dang, just get rid of Cat. I'm going to be honest with you because to me, this team is Anthony Edwards' team. It's not Carl Anthony's team anymore. Yeah, I definitely see like, I, if I if I had to pick who was I gonna build around, I'd probably want to build around Aunt Edwards instead of Cat. Cat's a little bit more injury prone. His game's not as complete, you know. Both sides, yeah. Like and, Anthony Edwards and wants to play, yeah. And, and he said him numerous times, like my goal is to, I want to play every game so the fans can see me. But even with Cat being injury prone, it's not even about that. I just think if you lost assets with having Rudy Gobert, I have not seen anything negative with Rudy Gobert on the floor with Anthony Edwards other than Rudy Gobert losing a lot of his defensive principles since he came to the Timberwolves and offensive principles because Rudy was a much better screener in Utah but I felt like his coach commanded him to screen harder this season Rudy has picked up a lot of offensive fouls in games where he's had two three offensive fouls in one game just set screens better um, so I think Rudy needs to come in next year working on his finishing and trying to finish more around the basket and setting and get back to setting the screens he used to set for Donovan Mitchell. And if you can do that to me, I, I would trade Carl, I would trade Carl Anthony Towns. I would call up a team with some young assets and some picks and say, yo, do you want Carl Anthony Towns? I damn it, it might call up the uh, fucking um, uh, Thunder. I was just thinking of Thunder. They got a and lot say, of yo, they got a lot of versatile And say, pieces. yo, if you give me, like, I, if the Thunder don't wind up getting Chet, or even if they do get Chet, I would say, yo, if you give me Jalen Williams and, like, three picks, I'll give you Cat. And I think the Thunder would do it. Yeah, the Thunder, they'll let that go. They got enough picks coming in. They can kind of just. Yeah, I mean, and you still have Josh Giddy, You still have Shea. So you still have two guys that are primary ball handlers on the team that can play with him. And theoretically, you kind of really don't like, yeah, you want Chet to play down low, but with his foot injuries, you don't really want him in the post banging with everybody. You would much rather say, hey, Chet, we're going to turn you into more of a Kevin Love stretch four type of player. And then you create when you in the game with the bench. And then we're going to have Cat play center, which is what he's comfortable at. And just y'all switch in terms of the stretch roll, run pick and roll with Shea and Giddy, and then find a fucking small four to replace him. But yeah, I think because yeah. I think Jalen Williams and, and, and uh Anthony Edwards could be like damn near Scotty and Mike 2.0. I love I love Jalen Williams game. He's not scared, and that dude play he he played like he go to the barber every week. And he I definitely do like don't his go to the barber. Every his week. his tenacity, you know, is very you know, he he can like stretch the floor, he can defend the best player. You know, he kind of takes that workload off of like if you would have your like main star, who would be Ant? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So why is your name Coach Chris? You a basketball coach for real? Nah. Um. I'm a I'm a ski instructor, swim instructor, fitness. So okay. um. What what town yeah. you represent? What town? Uh. Right now I'm in I'm in like Big Sky Montana. I teach ski lessons oh. in Big Sky Montana. Bro, you in Montana calling into the show? We worldwide, baby. Yeah, I know. Bro, I, I didn't Montana. heard you we from all around. Bro. We, I done, I done heard guy. you down in Mexico. My guy. Yeah, I've, I've been traveling all around the West Coast listening to, like, H&B Media. So uh, I appreciate, you know, being able to have that uh, basketball 
connection even when i'm like traveling in the middle of nowhere and i can't talk to nobody else about ball no so thank you i appreciate it the funny part is is like uh, people i was like oh you return back to podcasting it's like nah i didn't even retire from hoops and brews i just kind of retired from having to it's just a lot that comes with like doing hoops and brews and like getting it and that's like a full scale production every week i could just cut this shit on be able to talk with people and really connect. And the reason why I really came back to do the show because I was got to avoid where I'm like, damn, it ain't really no good sports podcast for me to listen to or that I like that I feel like it's like one of the guys um, other than, you know, like, you know, the normal stuff that we normally see. And like, I fuck with the ringer. Shout out to my guy, Wass at the ringer. Um, but I just meant just like non, you know, kind of you under somebody wing kind of thing. So I was like, you know what, man, I'm gonna start back doing my two for one show. And y'all continue to tune in and comment, tap in, call in. So I, I definitely appreciate it. Uh, so go ahead. What's your final hot takes uh, before we get ready to get up out of here? Uh, my final hot take is uh, you can't win with a ball-dominant guard like Luka Doncic. And Dame is not going to get a ring in Portland. Dame will, Dame will definitely not get a ring in Portland. But, okay, so I need you to expound upon it. You can't say what you say about Luka, and then I need some I need some more explanation. Talk to me. Uh, it's just the offense becomes, like, too dependent on one player. Like, if he doesn't have – basically, if he doesn't have a great, you know what I'm saying, like, legendary Hall of Fame performance, like, it's not a guaranteed win. Like, it's too many other factors. The, the team is too – offensively heavy and not necessarily uh balanced when it comes to like that defensive uh front court pressure at all so i mean you're not really gonna move the needle with dwight powell and then i feel like christian wood ain't getting a chance being on the bench yeah i think christian wood doesn't get a chance because defensively he's just you know there's a lot left to be desired but let's have a real conversation then since we're talking about luca i don't know if you got another minute or not uh but yeah, i got time all right, so I like that criticism. I like it. Um, the first thing that made me think about was James Harden. Yeah. Right. And then you see him get with a ball. I mean, I'm sorry, a ball dominant big man, or at least a. And you know what? This is the funny thing. I'm gonna take that back. I don't know if you saw it because I know you be traveling. I don't. I don't know if the fans saw, it, but I was watching Sports Center one night, and they were talking about James Harden's effectiveness with Joel and B. He dishes Joel and B. Four point eight assists per game. You know how crazy that is? That means five, not just sent sense to you, but for the fans that are listening to us. You know, do you know how crazy that is? That means five buckets a game. James Harden is distributing to Joel Embiid. That within itself is incredible because that proves that he is not just a ISO type of player. And I think that's the thing that Luca has to look within himself and realize, like, yo, I could hold the ball all game long. But I think the biggest reason why Luka and Kyrie didn't work was because Kyrie picks up the pace and Luka not used to running. He not used to getting back on that whole team. Yeah, no like, match. Literally. No match. Literally. Covered Kyrie first game as a Maverick. Went viral because of it. Sorry, Kyrie. Did not mean to ruin your first uh, post game as a Maverick. But <laughs> literally, they run a lot with Kyrie on the floor. When you have a bad defensive team, that just like is a glaring hole. Because then those guys that are like subpar defenders now can no longer just sit after you run isolation and then you get a long rebound or a short rebound. You got to like, like most teams, like even the playing versus the Mavericks, your pace is going to slow down because they was playing with the worst pace in the league. 
until they got Kyrie. Then their pace went way up. And then they stopped playing defense. But you know why they stopped playing defense? Because Luka would just fucking hold the ball, dribble all game long. So then you was fresh for defense. Now Kyrie come, you get a stop. He blazing up the court. Yo, I need y'all to meet me up there so you can be open to get a three. You coming back on defense, you just like, man, Luka, fat ass. Excuse me. I've been calling him a fat ass. He might steal on me when he see me. He dead ass might steal on me when he see me. I'm sure he might. But he ain't in shape. And I was talking to a reporter from overseas. And the reporter was like, yo, like, I watched Luca in the world, in the world games, FIBA world games. And all of the other reporters that are from the international side of the press don't like Luca. And I'm like, why? Like, cause he did she and I didn't mean to say that, but this person literally was like, yo, this he disrespects the game. And I'm like, what do you mean he disrespects the game? He's like, yeah, he disrespects the game. Like he drinks and smokes and hangs out and parties the whole time. She's like, so yeah, his greatness is great. But that's what he does, and nobody really likes him because he, he doesn't he disrespects the game. So I think part of the the reason why, I, like I think Luca has to make a change. I just think a lot of it is more mentality because you could you could be comfortable and be subpar, which is how I feel with Trey Young. He's comfortable being subpar, or you can be great, striving for greatness. And to me. I tweeted it and I said, I'm like, yo, I lost a lot of respect for Luca this season and he's no longer my favorite player of the young guys because I felt like he gave up. And like, if it's one thing I've never done, I might get down. I might be down on myself. I might take a little break, a little sabbatical, but I'm not giving up. I'm not leaving my teammates behind and we go and I'm going to do what I can to change my game to be better. And my example with James Harden is, yeah, he's older, slower. He's, he's actually in very good shape. Um, and you know, he's not the same James Harden, but he's not the same James Harden because he's not an ISO all day long. He's giving yeah. Joel and B five buckets a game. So, my challenge to Luka Doncic is how can you be the guy that instead of you giving five buckets a game to and B, just give five extra buckets a game to everyone else? Even if you look at the end of, the, of a lot of those Maverick games, he was reverting to old Luka and like, oh, I got to take this shot because. Like, this is what I do. And it's like, I don't think you understand. You got a guy that's on the floor with you that made the greatest shot in sports history. Yeah, he kind of lost that Luca magic made him lose his like primarily yeah. like playmaking ability. Yeah, it was like the big, it. the bigger that Luca magic got, you know, with like, oh, like Luca Doncic in the fourth quarter, like he'll just turn on fire. Then it was like, well, if I'm Luca, it's like, well, I don't really need to pass the ball like that no more. And and then when you when you talk about Harden and B with Harden getting that four point eight assist and B, like that's just the perfect combination of like of one Harden being able to feed somebody consecutively, and then and then B somebody like in B that's like you know the closest thing to Will that we've seen in our generation, where it comes to like a big man that can put up like high volume numbers you know, on a daily and, and actually, you know, playing at a top tier level, both sides of the court. Yeah, I agree. And I think that, you know, I've been James Harden's big, biggest critic. And I will say this, I now have some personal ties with James Harden because I've like uh, done some and like done some, cause I, I'm a filmmaker. So I've done some stuff for his charity. So 
I'm not even saying this because I know him personally now. Not even now I know him personally, but I've met him personally or in an environment that's not a hoops and brews, NBA media type of environment, is that he's a good guy and he's very, very likable. So I get why if you're his teammates, the way his teammates have vigorously defended him over the years, like, no, nah, he's not the reason. Like, he's blah, 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 blah. Yeah. If you look at it, you don't see Luca's teammates defending him the same way James Harden's teammates defended him. And I think part of that is because even when I met Harden, I swear to God, when I met James Harden for the first time, you know how big, well, I don't know how, I don't know how long you've been following HME Media, but back when we was MLG highlights as the highlight channel, yeah, back when our videos was doing 30,000, 50,000 views a day, I would be trashing this man Harden every day. So when I met him for the first time, I'm behind the scenes, but I'm in like work mode, like, you know, putting cameras and shit up. I walk up to him, like, yeah, I'm the technical director. I walk over and shake his hand. And you ever meet somebody and you like, you like, well, no, you, you kind of like, and, and not even, it's not even long, like a slight 0.5 second hesitation, but handshake. He shook my hand. He was like, oh, what's up? And he shook my hand. And I was like, damn, I think he remembered from Hoops and Brews. <laughs> so he used to say small games James, right? He but he was. And, and, <laughs> yeah. and, and no, 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 but he was, and he still is until he proves me wrong. If the what if, part of that is just fatigue since he's like a since he's such a high use he was in Houston, he was a high usage player. What I was always trying to figure out what part of it is him just having a small game, and what part of it is he's just exhausted after like my question is, is that an excuse for him to use now? I don't think I don't think it's an excuse now. I think then, then, now then, having then, the lead and being then, healthy, yeah, like you know, small games, James. It this would be the year. It's either sticking or it's going away. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, then that was literally what I was about to say. I was like, well, he got all. Like, there is, there has never been a time in James Harden career where he's had a better team, better, better all around defenders. Yeah, better primary score on the team, whether it was him or another person, whether he's had the best veteran uh playmakers, like in guys that can make plays, they have all that. You got a young talented score in Tyrese Maxey. Um, even if you want to talk about the other guy, um, what's the other guy that he playing shooting guard for them? Um uh, what's his name for Philly? Yeah, for Philly. What's his name? I can't remember his name. Milton. Yes, Milton. De'Anthony yeah. Milton. Not uh, yeah, Milton. Yeah, no, no, oh, Melton, 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 Melton. Yeah, De'Anthony yeah, Melton. I like De'Anthony Melton, and I thought he, I think he's done a great job in his role. So Harden has no excuses. You either go out there this year and you win, or you don't. And if you don't, I don't want to hear any excuses. Now I will say this: I like Harden as a human being, great human being, but until you get back to the finals without Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook. At the end of the day, his his accomplished, he's like the, to me, he's like the T-Mac of the top 30 all-time players. Like, to me, I got T-Mac in my 70 to 75 range. Harden, yeah. to me, is a top 30 NBA player to ever play the game of basketball. But what did you really do? in the playoffs when it matters. And people will say, you got to the conference finals. Yeah, but like, Harden has been a top five MVP voting. Yeah. MVP top five player in basketball for the better part of a decade now. Even now, like, we love to denigrate him in the same way I went on a rant a little bit earlier about Russell Westbrook. Harden's numbers are as good as they've ever been in his career. He's just not scoring 30. But he's giving you five assists to Joel Embiid. 
So if, he was if, leading the league in assists too a couple times. Yeah. This so yeah. So yeah. it's like if I want to turn into Magic Johnson after I just spent time averaging thirty five. So be it. So all I really want to see from him is can you win? Can you win? That's the only question I have for James Harden. Can you win or can you even if he lose the championship? Even though Tatum lost the finals and made a fucking mockery of himself <laughs> last season in the in the finals. He you ain't made let him it. that down. He made it though, but he made yeah. it. And he he made it because he realized that he has another guy on the floor that if he's not better than him on his best day he could be as good as him. So Let's work in tandem and together. And Harden has realized that with Embiid, but Luka has not realized that with Kyrie Irving and his teammates, and that is why they continue to struggle. So, Coach Chris, I appreciate you. I'm about to get up out of here. Let the people know where they can find you at on the internet. Thank you for calling in. I appreciate it. Talk to them. Let yep. us know. Yo, yo, appreciate appreciate having me on the show. You can find me at Muscles on the Move, at Muscles on the Move on Instagram. Uh, that's my main one. Um and yeah, if you want to support the merch, adventureallens.com. I sell a bunch of like hoodies, t-shirts, and stuff like that, ebooks. All right, my guy, Chris, thank you very much. I appreciate you for calling to the two for one show. Now you'll be able to listen to this podcast and a podcast version if you want to, and be like, damn, I was on there. Shout out to you. Thank you for being a part of HB Media Fam. Thank you for contributing with your comments, your patience, your appreciation, and your views. I appreciate it, man. Thank you very much. Yeah, bro, no problem. And thank you, man. You uh, you hooked me up with uh, I was writing articles for y'all last. Oh, year. Oh my god! Yeah, my god! My yeah. god! Yeah. My god! By the way, I just want to say, nobody can ever tell me that as a black man, whenever whenever I get some money, I'm always trying to help my black brothers out. So thank you for writing amazing articles. If you all haven't checked those articles out, you can go to Slick Sports. Um, it's Baron Davis's, um, you know, platform. Uh, we were running the editorial for it a year ago. Chris dropped some amazing articles. Great writer, um, inquisitive mind. Uh, so you know, make sure you go follow him, support his merch, and I appreciate you, Chris. Thanks, brother. I'll I'll talk to you next time. Take All right, peace. All righty, fans. Let's go ahead. Let's get ready and let's get ready to get up out of here. But before we get up out of here, we got to talk MVP, man. Who is TPJ's MVP? I said last week it was Joel Embiid. I said two weeks ago it was Giannis. I've been debating on if it's Jokic. Now that we're here, MVP is Joel Embiid. I give it to you. Like, I, I truly... I got to give it to you, brother. Like, um, I thought it was Jokic. And then I think that the NBA discourse and this whole everyone, including Kendrick Perkins, making everything so racial, just made Jokic be like, yo, fuck this MVP. I got two of them. I'm one of the top 100 basketball players that play. Fuck this fucking MVP. And he said, fuck it. And then B said, all right, this is my opportunity to seize my moment. And he went in and he did what he needed to do and he seized his moment. Um, so, you know, I can't do anything but tip my hats to Joel Embiid and say, man, good job and congratulations. And I hope that you actually do win the MVP. If you come up second, it will be a travesty. But I do believe that you were my MVP of the season. Um, as far as let's continue to talk awards. NBA six man of the year. Y'all not going to like it, but I'm going to give it to Emmanuel quickly. People will probably say um, Malcolm Brogdon, but Knicks fans posted the stats earlier. There's no comparison. 
Emmanuel quickly has surpassed Malcolm Brogdon in almost every statistical category off the bench. So I will give it to him. I'm not going to give it to Russ because Russ has started the majority of the season, although it would have been nice for him to have. Had he stayed a Laker and they made the play-in, he might have gotten six-man. But now I don't think Russ deserves to get that award. Most improved player this year, I'm going to actually give most improved player this year. Um, hold on, did he win it before? I'm going to actually give most improved player this year to... Jalen Brunson, I think without a doubt, he has solidified himself as one of the best players in the NBA. As one of no, I'm not giving it to Norm Powell. I love Norm Powell, but no. Um, I think Jalen Brunson has solidified himself as one of the best players in the NBA. Um, as one of the best point young point guards of this generation. Now he might be a one-time, two-time all-star, but he will be a guy that my sons and your sons and their sons or their daughters and their daughters will remember as like, yo, he was a good, he was a good six man and a good, oh, I'm sorry, my bad, powerful six man. Nah, I'm sorry. Sorry. Uh, and, and no, I'm sorry. He confused me because I'm reading comments and talking at the same time. But most improved player, I still got Jalen Brunson. I just think that he has shown me that he, you know, he played well with Luka Doncic, but can you run a team without a guy that can average a triple-double? I didn't I, I didn't see that last year. I didn't see him pulling that dog out of him. Like, he literally was the reason D. Rose never got off the bench. Him and quickly. They played so well that D. Rose never got off the bench. So, Emmanuel quickly for, for um, sixth man of the year. Jalen Brunson for most improved player. Defensive player of the year, I'm going to give that to – I'm going to give it to Jaron Jackson, but that's just off of, like, stats and, like, yeah, I feel you. Um, All-NBA first team, Joel Embiid, Giannis Antetokounmpo, and I have uh, – who's been the best point guard this year? Hmm. Tatum it will be my forward, and I have – Steph Curry, and I think this might be his last All-NBA team. And for my shooting guard, hmm, let's see. I don't know. Hmm. That's kind of interesting. Uh, hmm. I don't know who I choose for my shooting guard, honestly. Let me see. Who's y'all? Who's y'all first team all uh, a shooting guard? That's a real question. I don't really know. I'm gonna be honest. Who do I put in there? Um. Man, if we keeping it a bean, it's got to be Luca. It's got to be Luca. It's got to be Luca because he's a point guard. So Steph Curry, Luca Doncic, Jason Tatum, um, Joel Embiid, Giannis Antetokounmpo, my first team. My second team, I'm going to go with Joel Embiid. I'm going to go Dame Litter. I'm going to go Shea Gilgis Alexander. I'm going to go Julius Randle. And for my third small four, I'm going to go Kevin Durant. 
third team, I'm going to go. Um, third team, I'm gonna go Demontis Sabonis. I'm gonna go Anthony Davis. I'm going to go LeBron James. I'll go. Actually, I'm gonna go Kawhi Leonard over LeBron James. Kawhi Leonard. And then for point guard and shooting guard, I'm going to go with Donovan Mitchell and Jalen Brown. And that's it, man. So anyways, shout out to the fans. I appreciate y'all. Uh, I don't think D. Mitch is first team, but it's your boy, Speaker. I appreciate y'all. This is my new song, my new album. It's called Spin featuring Hood, Buddha, and Pavi. Let's get up out of here. About to go hang, drink. I'll get up with y'all later. Yeah. 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 You should spin around my way like the haters. Girl, you slay. Girl, you slay. Gray slay, gray slay, gray slay, gray slay, gray slay, gray slay, Go ahead, spin around, drop that ass, hit the ground. You so fly, see you eyes, wanna touch. Wanna fuck, spin my way, love that ass See you girl, take my cash Take my love, take my cash Take my love, accept my past You should spin, run my way Like the hitters, girl you slay Girl you slay Gray slay, gray slay, gray slay, gray slay, gray slay, gray slay, head down the road day, yo. Add up to your collection, and be with praying to God for a blessing.